0: Section 1 of Violet Osborne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Raleigh. Violet Osborne by Lady Emily Ponsonby. Volume 1, Chapter 1. Even at that age she ruled sovereign Queen over her comrades the excursion which of all those charming girls is your daughter mrs. Osborne inquired a gentleman of a lady in whose house a small party was assembled but no do not tell me I like to make people out for myself thank you replied mrs. Osborne who was a little deaf and of all this speech having only heard the word charming applied it to her party the gentleman smiled and aware of her infirmity raised his voice i am trying to make out miss osborne it amuses me to guess people's situations from their actions and their characters from their looks it is miss osborne's birthday to-day is it not yes violet begins her life to-day god grant it may be a happy one there was something touching in the warmth of this speech contrasting as it did with the calm and inanimate repose, deafness had given to Mrs. Osborne's manner. "'We will at any rate anticipate it for her,' replied her companion kindly. "'She is good, I am sure, and, unless for some special purpose it is otherwise ordained, happiness comes to the good.' "She's good, certainly,' said Mrs. Osborne, with the same eagerness of speech. "'She lives only to make others happy.' i have found miss osborne cried the gentleman a few moments afterwards is she not a young lady with red roses in her hair yes that is violet how did you make her out because of what you told me i saw somebody i had remarked her for some time thinking first of others and last of number one i congratulate you on your daughter mrs osborne she is charming beautiful and still more good than beautiful you are very kind to say so said mrs osborne much gratified at this moment violet rushed up to her mother we are not going to dance mamma i find the lovers think their mother might not like them to dance so soon after their grandmother's death and it would be a pity for them to have to sit down but you will be disappointed dear oh no mamma it does not matter "'I was thinking of what we could do. "'Albert wishes to act charades. "'I suppose, mamma, you have no objection?' "'It was evidently Violet who made arrangements, "'for she hardly waited for a reply "'before she kissed her mother's brow "'and was hurrying away when Mrs. Osborne detained her "'to introduce her to Mr. Woodrove. "'An old friend of mine, Violet, "'though he has not been in England of late. "'Violet did not bow, but frankly gave him her hand a charming girl indeed exclaimed mr Woodrove as she left them for he was of that age when a little show of gratification in making his acquaintance from the young and beautiful at least pleases a man i am glad you will see her act said mrs osborne who by this appreciation of her daughter was one to be confidential violet acts very well so i should guess there is life intelligence and confidence in her face she does not look as if she could be afraid and she is right why should she who is that tall youth beside her is that albert yes he is my nephew he is an orphan poor boy and his only sister who is married is lately gone to india we have him constantly with us he comes indeed whenever he pleases he has a pleasant countenance but not a great deal in it not like miss violet she has a whole history in those dark blue eyes and that brilliant smile your daughter's beauty would drive an italian painter mad mrs osborne what a skin and what perfect auburn hair the very tint the old painters liked only with a touch more of gold than red of this rhapsody upon her daughter mrs osborne heard little but she saw by the direction of his eyes that he was commenting on Violet. She therefore smiled and thanked him. I am afraid, she added, that I have been rather unjustifiably praising my own child, but the truth is she is our only one and we have very few thoughts that are not connected with her. No praise so valuable as a mother's, said her companion kindly, for who can know a child as well? true said mrs osborne with a slight smile but i believe a wise mother should leave her child's virtues to be discovered see they have arranged a charade i hope violet will act she added forgetting her late sage observation we think she acts so well violet did not act in any of the scenes of the charade it was well done but to Mrs. Osborne and her friend it was tedious, because the individual they wished to see did not appear. "'Did you like it, Mamma? Violet inquired, rushing up to her mother when it was concluded. "'Yes, dear, it was very nice. But we wished, that is, I hoped, you would act. You must next time.' "'I don't know, Mamma. There are a great many good actors here tonight, and I am at home, you know. Perhaps by and by, but—' don't expect it and again kissing her mother's brow an action which seemed so habitual as to be unconsciously done she hastened back to her companions two more charades were performed and in the last violet did appear but it was in the character of a decrepit old woman and though the acting was certainly excellent the disguise was too complete to satisfy her mother or mr Woodrove. When the party, with the exception of this old friend and Albert, had dispersed, Mrs. Osborne complained with some warmth of her disappointment. "'But, Mamma, it could not be helped,' said her daughter. "'I was at home. You would not have had me take the best parts. "'Your mamma would have you please yourself sometimes, darling, "'instead of always pleasing others,' was her father's fond observation." as to that papa i please myself best in my own way how well margaret lovell looked as queen didn't she yes said albert and he added with a boyish wink i know somebody who thought she did who cried violet eagerly expecting some revelation of interest miss margaret lovell was his reply very dryly given if young ladies could but know how i see them through and through they would either leave off deceiving or practise a little harder to learn how to deceive. ''Margaret Lovell does not deceive in the least,'' said Violet quickly. ''And you are unjust to say so, Albert. If she thinks she is handsome, how can she help it? She can see as well as others.'' ''Oh, very well, then. I suppose I am all wrong. I thought the modest thing was for young ladies not to know they were handsome. I thought they were to hang their heads like a humble Violet, but that's evidently all trash. Come now, Violet, what do you think of yourself? Are you handsome or not? Come speak, I will have an answer. It is a very unfair question, Albert, she said angrily, and before a stranger too. But I don't mean to tell any stories about it. I don't think I am wonderfully handsome, but I know I am not ugly. Well, to be sure, the vanity of girls and their truth, observed Mr. Woodrove. Miss Osborne, I congratulate you on being courageous enough to tell the truth without regard to consequences. You are very kind to take it in that way, said Violet, blushing. Of course, I knew to what I exposed myself. But I think a story is a story, and I never mean to tell one for anything or anybody a wise resolve miss osborne and a brave one but i fear i am keeping you all up good-night he made some kind speeches to mrs osborne and took his departure i will walk with you cried albert following him i have a good way to go and i like company what a fascinating girl your cousin is observed mr woodrove with energy as they walked along yes he replied carelessly she's a very good girl but she is terribly spoiled that father and mother of hers let her govern the house exactly as she pleases perhaps because she is the fittest person to govern it if you observe government usually falls into the hands of the most fit does it i'm not at all sure of that certainly neither my uncle nor aunt will ever die of over-exertion of the intellectual powers but for all that i think it's a great pity that violet should be ruined she will not be ruined you may make your mind quite easy on that point good natures are never ruined by freedom and no one can look in her face and fail to see that she is good oh yes she is a good girl but she's terribly willful but where do you live this is my way i'm going to lincoln's inn i will go a little farther with you are you a barrister not yet i am only studying for the bar at present i live down there to be in the way not being fond of early rising your studies are dry enough are they not how do you like them not very much but they wish me to be a lawyer and it's all one to me who are they my uncle because he's a rich banker he thinks i shall get on at the bar though What connection the things have together has always passed my comprehension. However, as I said before, it's all one to me. I make myself agreeable to anything. But it will not be all one if you don't get on. There's a future to be considered. To tell you the truth, I don't intend to be a slave all my life. In a few years I shall marry and have done with it. And Harris, of course? Yes, of course your cousin miss osborne oh dear no no one in particular you don't suppose violet would ever marry me she is one of the fastidious ones does not mean to marry unless she finds every perfection under the sun i shall find her a husband one of these days but not for three or four years i think it's a bad plan for girls to marry too early besides it's much better fun to have her at home True. I suppose Miss Osborne is so far fortunate that she need not consider fortune a necessary perfection. So far from it that one of her great perfections is poverty. But then you know Violet has plenty of money, and I must say she likes to have the upper hand. Most women do, they say in the old ballard. Then if most like it in the degree, Violet likes it four times over that degree, I suppose you have a right to know all the family affairs he asked suddenly well said his companion smiling i don't know that i have any right and perhaps i ought to beg your pardon for my inquisitiveness it is a quality that is always excited when i take a fancy to a person as i did to your cousin to-night however you may be quite easy all your secrets shall go back with me to india and there be buried Thank you, not that I have said anything I would not say to their faces, but it's not pleasant to have remarks on one's relations repeated back again. I quite agree with you. And now, good night, and my best wishes regarding the heros you mentioned. That will not be for some years to come, but I'm very much obliged to you all the same. Good night. And they went on their separate ways. A good natured old soul with a yellow face was Albert's soliloquy as he sauntered along. In love with Violet, evidently, all old men are a well meaning boy with an empty head, was Mr Woodroves. He'll never do at the bar and of Volume one Chapter one Recording By Monica Raleigh